good evening. Welcome to Into the Deep. I am Leander DJ Wilson, and we're back with another episode. Amen. Come on now. If you're great to be a part of Into the Deep, come on. Put in a comment. I'm great to be a part. I'm great to be here. Amen. I just want to thank everyone for tuning in and watching with us tonight. It's a special night. As you can see on my camera, we have a special guest. Before I introduce her, I want to let you know what Into the Deep is. Into the Deep is a new talk show in Beaumont, Texas. We're, we're in our like 10 episodes, but we're still new. So we're a new episode in Beaumont, Texas, where we bring the word to the world so others can know who they are and who, and who they can be in Christ. Thus fulfilling their purpose. Amen. We expect to see miracles, signs, and wonders through each and every individual watching this show. I invite you into the deep. Come on, let's go into the deep. Amen. Now, my special guest is none other than Sister Gail Coward. She's with us tonight because we're discussing a unique topic. It's an important topic tonight. Amen. So, Sister Gail, tell us more about you. Well, my name is Gail Coward, and I'm a member of Church of Promise Global Ministry. Under the leadership with Apostle Mary Warden. And I have to honestly say, when I came to visit the church, it was so much that impacted me with this church because at that point I was going to kind of like a little low time because I had just lost my mom. But coming into the church, you could feel the love and the warmth into the church. And it was like, um, I was having visions and seeing certain things um, that was happening in my life. And that special Sunday that I came to visit, Pastor Mary happened to do, um, minister the word about ministering and helping people. And that has always been something that was near and dear to me to be able to reach out and give a part of me to the world that would be impacted that um, from working in healthcare and being around um, kids and wanting to tutor and teach. It was something that just held me tight and kept me going. So when I found it here, I decided to stay. So, yeah, I'm blessed to be a part of this. So, if you know the show, if you've seen the show before, you know what we're about to get into. We're about to get into our icebreaker, so we get to our get to know our guest speaker guest tonight. So, starting off with our first three questions. All right. The first question is, what is your dream vacation? Well, honestly, I don't have a dream vacation. It, it's wherever God leads me. That would be my dream vacation. Then I'm able to go out and minister His word. Okay. Next question is, so, 
think I know the answer, but I'm not sure. What is your favorite TV or television series? Um, Chicago Mini, Chicago TV, Chicago Fire. Okay. Yeah. All three. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, those are great shows. I love them. I think I'm behind on my PD. And then, hmm. all right, and the last question is, if you had 10 minutes to, pin, to spend $10,000, how would you spend it? First and foremost, I would find a home that needs to be repaired. Mm -hmm. And I would have it to where they could fix it up and give it to a family that's needing a place to stay. Because I feel that we have too many empty houses that are just falling apart mm -hmm. and just standing there. And if God was to bless me with the money, I would want to fix one of those homes. So a family would have a roof over their head. All right, that's our questions. Now, we started this game for the singles night, and I loved it so much, and God is kept reiterating it because it's. It's based off of two truths and a lie, but he revamped it and said, two dreams and a reality. So tell us two dreams, there's two things you would like to do and one thing that you have already done. Okay, my first dream is I would like to leave Tyler Pierce. And the reason being is because he has broke so many plays mm -hmm. that have um, impacted people's lives. And some of them were based off of his drugs. So when you can go deep like that and just put yourself on the forefront mm -hmm. and let people know God can bring you through anything, right. then he's my, I wouldn't say idol, but he's one of my favorite writers. One more dream and it's a reality. Um, well, is that um, God continues to give me the visions, to give me the words, so that I will be able to reach and teach those who are going through something. A reality. One thing that you have done, that you're that one thing that you have accomplished, and that you're proud of. Well, um, I would say it would be my book, spoken words. Um, spoken words was for my intimate conversations with God. Mm -hmm. And for each day that I was able to have that one-on-one -on -one with him, and I would ask him to give me what my purpose would be, what impact that I would have, mm -hmm. that would be something that would just take me to another place where it would impact and leave an impression. And it's all about love and unity and going together and linking up and 
spoken words came to me with conversations that we would have, and I would always lead off by telling him, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for last night. I just thank you for loving us enough to cover us and keep us safe. And as I'm going and coming, we are blessed to have that kind of love and relationship with him. But my main words was to him to always talk to me, give me a clear understanding, because it's from his mouth to my ears, and from my from my pen to my paper, that everything that he gives to me, I'll be able to transform it and put it on paper that I can actually get out and read it to somebody, and let it touch him, and let him grow and know that when you surrender your life to God, nothing is impossible. Amen. If that was two dreams and a reality, amen. So now we're going to go into our hot or cold segment. Hot or cold is where I give you two options and you have to pick one. So the first hot or cold option is dresses or suits. Well, I would say dress. All right. Next one is. Here you go. Chicago PD or Chicago Med? So, would you 
Which one? Which one? Right? Ten thousand dollars, right? Or hold on, hold on. So it's ten thousand dollars. There we go. I have the number. Right? You can have it lump sum or lump sum or give it out for the rest of your life. I would say lump sum. And reason for lump sum is because you get to look and see what you're spending your money on. Okay. And with that, you can invest mm -hmm. to where it will grow. Right. You can tag it where you know when you sow it, it will grow. Come on. So, lump sum, it is. All right. Okay. So, now, here's another one. Bible study or worship night. You know what? I'm going to say Bible study. Okay. And the reason for Bible study is because when you have a net, you have a close, close relationship to where you're digging in deep, mm -hmm. where you're getting your study, you're learning it, right. and it's going to be something that's going to be impacting you that you're going to take with you, mm -hmm. because it's, going to, it's where you're learning more. Right. You get, you're getting your feet in it, you get full twice, you get double portion. So, yes. All right. And the last option. So for every every time I ask this last option, everyone feels like he was born. It was easy. I don't know. Maybe you could be, maybe not. I don't know. This last one is church online or church in person. Ooh, we church in person. <laughs> okay. Church in person. Okay. Church in person. So that is our segment of hot and cold that is getting to know Sister Gail Power. Here's the thing. You could have participated. You get to choose. You get to, if you would like to participate, go ahead. You can, you can put your answers in the comments. You can message them, or you can message me and say you want to be a guest on this show. Either or. I'll look at those. Just let me know. But all right, that is our segment of where we get to know our guests. Now we're going to roll into our discussion. We're going to be taking a dive into our discussion today. This discussion, when I first came to Christ, I didn't think of it, I didn't think of it as really important. I, I, I thought of it as something I do, something that needs to be done. But as I started to grow in Christ, as I started to get closer to God, I realized that this discussion, what we're going to be studying tonight, is important, is essential to being a Christian, to being a believer. So tonight, our, we're going to be talking about worship. You, you see, we're, we're going to be talking about worship, and we're going, we're, we're going to really get into what worship is and what worship is not, all right? So if we're going to go to our Bible. So what I'm going to read is it's very, very common to me. And I've read this portion of scripture many times, but God gave me a new revelation and he said, express it tonight. 
All right. So it's John 4, starting at the 21st verse. It is Jesus. Hold on. I'm sorry, 19 verse. Starting at the 19 verse. Sir, the woman we've said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? While we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gazim, where our ancestors worship. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter where you worship, the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. While we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews, but the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Amen. Now, that that is a great scripture and I love it. I love reading that scripture. You, you see, because first off, me, I'm not a Jew. So worship wasn't for, worship wasn't directly for me. I'm, I'm gonna get out of myself. Worship wasn't for me. Worship isn't, wasn't for, Gentile those for Jews. And the, the scripture is greatly important and amazing because when I think about it and when I think about God, God loved me so much that he gave me an opportunity to worship. God gives us an opportunity to worship. You, you see, worship isn't something we have to do. Worship isn't something that, that we must do. Worship is a moment we get to do. We get to worship. We don't have to worship. We don't. We get to worship. You see, I, I heard many people say we have to worship. We as Christians have to worship. You see, it says that we don't have a choice but to worship. And when, when I heard that, I, I was like, okay, so we're forced to worship. But, but what God wants us to know is we get a choice to worship God. God has given us an option to worship Him. So what is worship? You see, to really understand this scripture, we have to know what worship is. Worship isn't that moment in service where we sing songs. It's not that moment in service where we dance. It's not that moment in service where we run around the church. It's not that moment in service where we jump and shout. That's not worship. Worship is an intimate moment with God. It's an intimate moment with God where we get to know him 
and he gets to know us. I laugh at that. I laugh at the definition because I didn't come up with that definition. Um, when I when I was in Japan, I heard a minister say that, and the matter of fact, it was it was one of my friends, Pastor David Collins. He said it, and he expressed it. It's an intimate moment with God, right? And he broke down the word intimacy. Into me, you see. You see, it's where we go into a moment with God. We go into a moment with God and he gets to know us. Well, this is the thing, he's, he's our creator, right? So he knows us already. So there's another side of worship. We get to know him. You, you see, in worship, we get to know him. So that moment where you're jumping, you're, you're crying, you're, you're, you're running around the church, where people think you're crazy, you see, that expression, that expression of worship, right, is not worship, it's an expression of worship. You see, they're expressing themselves because they're understanding who God is in their life. You see, worship isn't the same for everyone because God expresses himself differently to everybody. You have anything to say? Yes, we all have our own personal relationship with God. And for each one of us, God has trusted us. He has impacted us with so much because whatever our struggles were or is, when you give yourself wholeheartedly to him, when you're crying out to him because you done tried doing it in the self, and the self has failed you and he links up with you when you link up with God Come on. he will bring you I don't care what you're going through I don't care what wall is standing in front of you he's going to knock that wall down or he's going to move you around Come on. it's not going to leave you stuck Come on. he's going to take you on the embrace you, he's gonna say, Sister, I got you. Your main thing is to always honor, praise, and give me what I give to you. And that being, we are his children. He implanted a seed in us. Right. And with that seed that he implanted into us, mm -hmm. no matter what we're going through on our everyday walk of life. But when we surrender to him, he will give us all of our desires. He will lift us up. We will not have to go into that place to where they call depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. He's going to remove that because that's a man-made labor. That's not God's labor. God don't put a labor on his children. When we come in and we give our all to him, whatever we're going to, when we true and pure, and no contamination, no filth nowhere. When you repent and ask him to wash away all that crud, he's gonna give you the brighter lights. He's gonna walk hand in hand with you and he's gonna guide you where you need to be. Where it's gonna impact somebody who's going through something. It's gonna be irrelevant to oh. them. So no, you don't you don't fault. Ooh, you don't fault what God has for you. 
You do it to yourself because he gives you the option. So you either come to me mm. or you stay caught up and lost in the world. When you get caught up and lost in that world, that world will give you a trouble of disappointments. But when you turn around and give all your love and glory to God and you open up your hands and say, Lord Jesus, I just thank you and I surrender my soul to you, Father God. I am reaching out to you. Please reach down and grab and hold on to me and don't let me get lost into this chaos and this static that's around me. Give me the tools that I need to get out there and help motivate somebody that's going to walk in your life and your truth and your worthiness and how awesome you are and the privilege it is to serve you and call you daddy God. Oh, come on now. Who don't want to serve? Come on. Who would not want to love on him? Who? Amen. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. I, I gotta say this. So, this is funny to me because tonight I personally said I wasn't gonna have the show tonight. I personally said I personally, I personally told myself. To, tonight's not gonna happen, all right? But I said tonight's not gonna happen. We don't need a show. Um, we'll get back next week, right? But God says tonight, go forth. So t- let me let me just be honest with the show. Be honest with you tonight. So this show isn't just strengthening the viewers who's watching this, but the show is also strengthening me because last week, we, yeah, last week we, we watched the video and one of the ministers said that, that many people don't give that platform to God, that, that, that God gives them a platform and then they hog it for themselves. They hog the fame, the fortune for themselves and they don't give it back to God. So here's the thing, and I, I kind of have to check myself as, on that, and God gave me this platform for a reason. And me saying that this show's not gonna go on is me hogging this platform. But God but God says, give it to me, and I'll give you the strength. I'll give you the topic. I'll give you everything you need. Now, so, so, I give God this platform. And let me let you know something. To this week, it's only Tuesday. And this week has really been draining for me. But God is giving me the strength to push forward. God is giving me the strength to continue on. I have said all that to let you know that I, it's, this is done because of worship. Let me let you know something. In the worship is where we get our strength. You see, it's easy to worship on the mountain. It's easy to worship on the mountain because you got you got the strength to worship, you got the, the vision to worship, you, you have the joy to worship, you have the understanding to worship. You see, it's even a little easy to worship in the valley. It, it, it's kind of easy to worship when things not going right. Like 
okay, I know God's gonna make a way, so I'm gonna worship God in my valley, right? So, so it's easy to worship in. It's not as easy on the Bible times, but it's, it's somewhat easy to worship in the valley. But then, but what about doing the process, going through, right? When, when you're going through, when you're on your way to the mountaintop. So, so here's the thing. So do we stop worshiping as we're going our way to the mountaintop? No. So do we stop worshiping as we're getting to what God is bringing us to? No. So how do we worship when we're on our way to what God is bringing us? I feel that. We should worship God before we get to where we need to go. Come on. Because it's like the days are hot and the days are cold. Mm -hmm. Some days are chaotic. You, you just want to throw your hands up. But that's when you love on him more. Come on. Because through our struggles, that's when he really comes and he grabs hold of us. Because when we have a good day, it's like, Oh, I'm fine. I don't, you know, I got this. I got this. I don't have to worry about that. But you have to go on the bended knees. Mm -hmm. You have to bow down at his feet. You give it to him through the good times and the bad times. When you're sick and the doctor's telling you one thing, mm -hmm. see, God gives doctors so much knowledge. He gave them the knowledge to get there to perform certain surgeries. But God is the doctor. Come on. He's the one that does the healing. He's the one that cleanses you. Mm -hmm. He removes anything that's holding you down. Or they would say, like, when you when you were little, they would say, like, go to your room. Or if you don't keep still, I'm going to go over there and hold you tight that you're not going to be able to move. Then regardless, eventually, you're going to be like, I surrender. <laughs> so, you know, once you surrender mm -hmm. to him, come on, he will break every chain. He will knock down walls. He will give you all your desires. You can't get stuck. Come on. He my doctor, 24-7-365. When, when I rise and when I go back down to get that bed, I give it to him. I thank you for the good days. I thank you for the bad days. I thank you for the days that I've been crying because I don't know what I'm, what I'm gonna do um, with the next step for me. Mm -hmm. But as I'm on my journey to him, I wanna do everything that he expects me to do. I want him to give me that roadmap where I am linked up to him, where he will bring me, like you say, into those valleys in those pits, go out and grab hope. Oh. Let them know, yeah, I'd have been there. I done had them days where I was crying all day. And it was at half time, I didn't even know why I was crying. But I know who I can go to, and he would bottle up those tears. And once he unbottled it, everything that was bottled up, it is closed. And you know, he'll say, okay, you done done this, you done followed this step. And each step you have taken, you are growing deeper and deeper and deeper into what I'm leading you to. I'm preparing you 
are you worthy? Are you ready? Are you ready to show me that you've been listening? Are you been paying attention? And if your answer is yes, you're at the halfway mark. Mom. Because he's gonna bring you the rest of the way. Yeah, you, yeah, you said a lot. Man, um you segue into the first point of how do we worship God, right? And the first point is relationship. You see, what most people don't understand in order to be able to worship God, as I said at the beginning, we wasn't supposed to, we, we didn't have access to worship God, but because of our relationship with Jesus, we have access now. So our relationship with Jesus, what does our relationship look like? First off, our relationship has to be as a savior. Jesus has to be our savior. Because the, the thing about it is, Jesus saved us from sin. And when we're saved from sin, we're able to call on God. We're able to worship God. See, see the thing about it is, sin was our name. Right, but not, but once we make Jesus as our Savior, we become child of God, which gives us access to God. So you have to have a relationship with Jesus as Savior. That's number one relationship. The number two relationship is we have to have a relationship with Jesus as our Lord. You see, when, when you know Jesus as your Lord, no matter what is going on, you know you can call on him. No matter where you are, no matter what's going on, no matter what people saying, no matter what's going on in the world, you know you can go to God. You know no matter what's going on, Jesus has your back. You see, no matter if you're in the valley, no matter if you're on your way to the mountaintop, no matter if you're on the mountaintop, you know Jesus is with you. Because you said when you were in the pit, that brought, that brought me to Joshua. Joseph. <laughs> Joseph. Because here, Joseph had a gift from God, right? And he knew it was from God. So what he did was he gave God the glory for it. Every time he had a dream, he gave God the glory. And then he told his dad or his brothers. And, but then, because of his brothers betrayed him and threw him in a pit, Joshua, Joseph didn't worry about being in a pit. He stayed focused on God. He knew he was a child of God, and he stayed focused on God. He knew God was going to bring him out, right? So he got brought out of the pit, but he went into slavery. You see, so he went from the pit to slavery. Now, this does not seem like an upgrade to me. The people say he's still down bad. He's still not where he should be, right? Joseph did not give up on God. 
Joseph didn't lose his faith on God. He still believed that God was with him, even though he was in slavery. Even though when he was in slavery in Paul's house, even though Paul's wife lied on him, he still did not turn his back on God. He still believed God was going to make a way. So after Paul's wife lied on him, he didn't go to where he needed to be. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. He didn't know where the world thought he needed to be at. He went to jail. So he went from the pit to slavery to being lied on to jail. Now, to the world's standpoint, it seemed like God has forsaken him. It seemed like God has forgot about him. But but here is Joshua is Joseph. I don't know why he wants to Joshua. <laughs> Joseph is on the process in the process of getting to his purpose. You see, sometimes the process to our purpose doesn't look like the world standpoint to success. You see, even though the process to our purpose may seem dark and dim, we must still worship God. We must worship, and we must, in order to worship God, we have to have a relationship with him. It's that relationship of Father, the relationship of Savior, the relationship of Lord. When we have a relationship with him as Father, we know that he would never leave us nor forsake us. When we have a relationship with him as Savior, we know that he saved us from the pit of sin. When we have a relationship with him as Lord, we know that he would never leave us nor forsake us. No matter what is going on, he's going to work it out. We have to have a relationship with him. And see, here's the thing. He went from the pit, he went to slavery, he went to being lied on, he went to jail, and then he ended up in the palace. He never lost faith. He never lost faith. He knew who his relationship was with. You see, when you have a relationship with the world, the world would leave you high and dry. Matter of fact, I, I got prayers. A great example of that. We, we got when when I was in high school, Kanye West was one of the most popular rappers known to man. Right? He was making money. He was making music. He was on the Billboard's charts. But when he but when he's trying to turn away from the world, the world is turning away from him. He's losing endorsements. He's losing the faith of the world. He's losing the sight of the world. You see, the world will turn their back on you. Just let me let you know. When, when you have a relationship with anyone else other than God, it's not going to hold up. You see, you have to have a relationship with God. Right. And then number two, not only do we have a relationship with God, you see, 
See, I grew up in church, right? And as I grew up in church, I seen different expressions of worship, right? And and I thought I knew God enough to, to where I could worship God. And I thought I was worshiping God. But then when I look at other people worshiping God, I felt like, why are they worshiping God like that? Don't I love God just I believe I love God. Why can't my worship be like that? Like I will see people jumping, I will see people crying out, I will see people falling out. Like, why am I not why am my expression of worship not like that? You see, not only do we have to have a relationship with God, we have to here's the thing, we have to be discipleship. That's the next point, discipleship. What 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 discipleship is in his thing. Many people push the side by the way we go to worship to have, and that's it. We were worshiping, that's it. All you need to do is worship God, is have a relationship with God. That's it. That's all you need is relationship with God. But here's the thing: we have to be disciplined in our relationship with God. You see, what what I mean, discipleship is. Being disciplined is learning more about God, experience in God. You see, when I was younger, it wasn't that other people love God more, they, they, they love God more than me, but it was because they had more experience in the moment with God. As I said, worship is an intimate moment with God. They had more experience in that moment with God. They, 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 they was disciplined enough to, uh, let me explain it this way. You see, worship isn't, you, you won't express God in worship just by coming to church on Wednesday and Sunday. You see, two days out of, two, two days out of seven days would not get you to that, to that high point of worship. Right, so let me, let me try to explain it this way. In school, right, let's say, let's say you're, you're in school and you're, you're learning a subject that, that you have no clue at. For, for me, it was mostly English, but most people is math, right? I don't understand why, but most people is math. Most people have a hard time comprehending math, right? So let's say, Instead of going to school five days a week, right, you only went to school two days a week to understand this concept of math. How quickly do you think you'll understand that concept if you only went two days instead of five? You wouldn't get it. It's because, here's the thing, we as human beings are finite. We, we have a, we have a, our attention our attention span isn't that high. We, we, we don't comprehend that well as humans. We don't. So just having, matter of fact, just worshiping God for an hour on Sunday and 30 minutes on Wednesday, that, that's not going to get us to where we need to be. You, you see, Joseph didn't just worship God an hour and 30 minutes a week. 
He, he didn't just worship God in our 30th week, going through the pit to the palace. The, what, what Joseph did was he worshiped God when he was up. Yes, I think he also worshiped God when he was sleeping. <laughs> you see, every moment you get closer with God, every time you get into that moment with God, you, you learn more about Him. You, you see, every time you learn more about God, I, I love video games, you get a cheat code to life. So, so the more the more you get intimate with God, the more you worship God, you get a cheat code to life. So, so you ask yourself, how do I get over this breakup? Worship God. Hmm. You, you see, worship, God loves us when God loves when we worship him, but it's not for him. You see, we don't worship God for God. Because let me let you know something. God has billions and trillions of angels worshiping you. You see, they, they're obligated to worship God. Right? So he don't need us to worship him. We, we're worshiping God for ourselves. So are, you, are we, are we going to be disciplined enough to not just worship God for an hour and 30 minutes. You see? <laughs> my worship changed when I changed my, my time to, to worship God. You, you see, I didn't just worship God on Sunday or Wednesday. I worship God. We, uh, when I was in high school, our teen ministry went to a revival. Right, and it was two days long. I never worshiped God for two days, so my worship increased when I changed my discipline. You, you see, when I changed my discipline, when I changed my time to worship God, I was able to move, go forward into what God had for me. I was able to express myself more. Let me let you know something. After that, after that revival we had, when, matter of fact, when we all got back to that church, our our worship was different. We one of one one of the teens just cried out and just cried before God. One of the teens just got on the, got on his face before God. I just started leaping for joy. You see. When you check, when you get disciplined in your relationship with God, your expression of worship changes. You see, you're probably you're probably that person who just sits in worship, just sits there and just watch everybody, and you just watching them. You're questioning why do they. Why do they worship like that? Why do they sing like that? Why do they jump like that? Why do they cry out? Why do they fall out? You're, you're, you're asking that question, and I want to let you know it's because they have a disciplined relationship with God. They're, they're willing to get into a moment with God where they don't care who's watching. 
They don't care who's listening. You see in the text I read that there was a woman at the well. And the custom in the time that the text was written was that Jews don't talk to Samaritans. But in, and here Jesus is going to talk to a woman. And he asks her for a drink. And she looks at him crazy. You, you see, when, when you're, when you have a weight with God and, and you're disciplining your relationship with God, you, you, you can look crazy to people all day long. You don't care how crazy you look. All you know is that God is my Lord, he's my Savior, he's my Father, he's my Waymaker. I know God is going to give me something, and even though I look crazy right now, I know God's going to bring me through. Yeah. I just want to say that in order for us to understand what our Lord is all about. Mm -hmm. We have first get into the intimate place with him. Come on. We have to read the scriptures to know that there's the road map that leads us to him. Come on. Because during that struggle, he has a scripture in each one of those books that's pertaining to our daily life. And that's why I say daily, reading, intimacy, grow with me, know with me, love on me, wow. share your burdens with me. And I will cradle you. I will help you. I will show you that when you come to me, all that you, all that baggage that's weighing you down is released because it's going to all fall out. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that time with him. You have to get into the word. You have to just surrender yourself to him and ask him, Lord, make me whole. Give me what I need to do to be able to do what you desire of me. Because I know we all here, we all here have a purpose. But it's, we have two choices. We can choose the world or we can choose him. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like they say, when you go out there and you do the wrong thing and you get caught up, like they say, and you get arrested, oh, it's easy. Because you think you're getting away with something. Mm -hmm. But once you get caught, you're stuck. Come on. Because you're like listening. You got these bees going on in your head and they telling you all this here stuff. Oh man, you can get this and you can do that and oh, it, 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 it'll be great, man. We got this and this. No. That is not how it works. You can get yourself in a world of trouble. But when you get in that trouble, what you want to do? Then you want to call on God. Mm -hmm. When you should have been calling on him in the first place. Because he's there for you. 
Good days, bad days, mediocre days, whatever kind of days you have, he's still there. Because he's going to take the me mediocre days and he's going to make them, okay, well, you know, yeah, it's a good warm day. So, Lord, I, I, I don't know how to take this. Do I just walk around with kid gloves on and just say, I'm, I'm just going to take it? Or am I going to go to my God and say, Lord, I don't know the reason that I'm going through this, mm. but ever the reason that I'm going through it, I need you to help me. Because I don't want to do it for myself or put self in the equation. I want to have the keys, the tools that he gives me for when I go through that process, it's going to make me stronger. Well, I'm not going to fall back into that. Because once he removed you and he closed that door, why on God's green earth would you want to go back and open that door once he closed you from it. Because if it wasn't beneficial to you, you wasn't happy, all you did was complain, complain, complain. Come on. You got the job you wanted, and well, you thought you wanted. And then once you get there, that's the first thing you want to do. You want to complain. Oh, man, I didn't know this job was like that. Well, okay, but that's what you wanted. Instead of you sit there, and you talk to God and you ask God, where do you want to position me at? Because wherever God moves you to, you don't have to worry about saying, I don't like this, I don't like that. Because he's going to place you where it's going to be something that you love. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have to worry about switching gears and all this other stuff or getting caught up and saying, well, you know, uh, they told me it was going to be like this. Why are you listening today? Why are you not seeking this on your own? Everybody walking and everybody's calling is different. Nobody calling is going to be the same. Because everybody's struggle is not the same. I come from a Catholic background. And I'm not saying nothing about the Catholic Church, but I'm just saying, when I came here, it was a whole other way of learning. When I went to the Baptist Church, you didn't have the opportunity to get up and express yourself. You you did what they say you could do. I'm just keeping it real. You did what they said you could do. Everybody stand up. The doors of the church are open. You go and you tell them, well, Lord, I want to give myself to you, Lord. But they don't ask you. As you come here, do you accept God as your Savior? Do you accept him as your Lord? Do you want to have that intimate place? They don't ask you those questions. And in the Catholic Church, they don't know what it is to for you to be fully baptized. They put that sprinkle of water on you and the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost it is, and you out of there. But when you go to the Baptist church and you're being baptized, okay. Yeah, some people get baptized because they say, okay, I'm getting baptized because they want me to get baptized. But I'm not getting baptized because for me. But when you do stuff for you, when you, when you change your walk and you're talking your purpose for, to God for you, you see things in a whole different light. Because you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for your intimate relationship with God. So when you decide to surrender your life to God and you decide that you want to have that 
intimate relationship to where y'all have that one-on-one time. He's going to talk to you. He's going to talk to you. So with that, um, so there's some things that we need to know about discipleship. Discipling our relationship with God is we, we must I said that we must learn who God is. And the next one is kind of big one. Many, many of us don't want to do it. We just want to talk to God and God gives us what we want, gives us desires of our heart, that's what we want. But the next one is we have to listen to God. You see, prayer is where we talk to God. It's where we, where, where we tell him what we want, what, what, what we give him thanks, we, we, we're talking to God. But, but we also have to listen to God. Because let me let you know something. When we listen to God, He will tell us things, right? And he will, when we listen to God, He will tell you how to show. When we listen to God, He will tell, he will tell you that you, you are stronger than your mind says you are. He will tell you that He's right with you. He will let you know that remember what I told you, I'm still, it's still on your life. So not only do we have to learn about God, we have to listen to God. Not only do we have to learn and listen to God, we, we got to do the one and easy thing. We have to look to God. You, you see, we have to look to God. You see, Joseph from the pit, to slavery, to being lied on, to being in prison, to the palace. He, he, learned, he, he learned who God was in each and every situation of his life. He was listening to God, but he also looked to God through it all. You see, he didn't take his eyes off God. He, he kept his eyes on God, no matter how dark his life got. No matter how grim his life got, he kept looking to God. So th that's one thing. That's point number two. And the, the last and final point in working to strengthen our worship with God, we have to be stewards. We have to have stewardship in worship. Well, what that means is we have to maintain and manage our life with Christ. You see, not only do we have to be disciplined with God, we have to maintain and manage. Come on. You see, we, that, that, that means it just isn't going with the flow. We, we, we just doesn't, we just can't be, we just can't let it be. We have to focus on who God is. You see, we have to learn, listen, and look. But we also have to focus on who God is. You see, in the in the word it says, meditate on the on the word day and night. You, you see, it just doesn't say read the word day and night. It says meditate on the word day and night. What does that mean? You have to get understanding and knowledge when you read. You see, when you read, when you just read, you get the knowledge. Okay. That's what the scripture says, right? But when you're meditating on the word, you're getting an understanding. Well, what I mean is you're not just reading the word, you, you know the context behind the scriptures. You, you know the background of what's going on. Like 
like the text I read earlier, I know the custom of the times. I know that Jesus wasn't supposed to be talking to that woman. I know that when God, when Jesus asked the woman for a drink, she, he wasn't talking about a natural thing from the world. He was talking about, do you know where I can get a drink where I can't thirst no more? When you get an understanding of the word, you know that no matter what you're going through, that brings, me, that brings us back to last week, <laughs> that you have to have wisdom. In order to get wisdom, you have to have understanding. In order to have understanding, you have to have knowledge. Yes. So you have the knowledge and you have the understanding, you have the wisdom. Come on, can we? You have the knowledge, you have the understanding, you have wisdom. And, uh, and when you have wisdom, you can go further in Christ. So, so in order for us to be able to worship, we have to have wisdom. In order to get wisdom, we have to have knowledge. In order, and, with, and we have to have knowledge with understanding. I'm repeat myself so we can understand it. Basically, you're breaking it down and you're saying, whenever you're reading something Come on. and you're struggling with what you're reading, you need, I don't care how many times you have to go back and reread it. When you read it and you take your time and you visualize what you're reading, you're going to have an imprint and it's going to show you that from that imprint, everything is broken down. Mm -hmm. And as it's broken down, it's going to go into detail. Right. And it's going to tell you, okay, obedience. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. What do you need to do when you're ob obedient to the Lord? You ought to surrender. Mm -hmm. You ought to follow his words. First of all, he gave you 10 commandments. That's your instruction of what he would not tolerate. Because he can he will forgive you, but how many times is he gonna have to keep forgiving you for the same mistake you keep doing over and over? Because after a while it's like my child, are you not listening to me? Mm -hmm. I'm giving you directions. I'm telling you which way to go. I'm giving you well, this water well is sitting right here. You say you're thirsty and you want to take a drink. I'm holding your hand and, and telling you to follow this. Follow me. I'm giving you that. Follow me. And then you want to dip and go around the other way. And you're missing the whole picture that he's trying to tell you. Everything is done in detail. He will give you what you need to link up with him. The word is there, the word will not change. Our God does not change. He answers your prayers. He is forever faithful. He does not lie. The promises that he has made, he has never broken. So why is it so hard to follow him? That's the question. Why is it so hard to follow him? Do you not love yourself enough to know that God has sacrificed his son? Do you not know that all that 
his son could have said, I- I'm not doing this, because they're not going to appreciate it. But when they look at and see how he hung on that cross, hmm. when he endured, when he got on that cross, from the thorns in his head, the nails in his hands, the they're whipping him in the blood leaking. Nobody in their right mind would want to endure that type of pain. But God asked his son to sacrifice himself for us. Come on. And we take it for granted. Why? This world would not be with all this chaos going on if we all would surrender to God. Come on. It's easy to love on him. He made it easy for us to surrender our life to him. But we don't have to worry about what the naysayers are saying. God still performs miracles. He still rising people from the dead. He gives us the energy to go out and be able to give his word to people who are struggling. And then when they as they're struggling and you you're ministering that word, they tell you thank you. Because they, they want you to pray for them. They want them to, for you to help them to get that in, in that intimate place with God. They're, they're asking for this. So when it's a lot of them that turn away from the church, because they was hurt in the church. It wasn't it wasn't because they were made welcome. When they say the doors of the church are open, the first thing they want to pay attention to is what you have on when you walk in the church. When you're broken and you're sick and you need to be healed, or you're looking for somebody to be there for you to let me lean my head on you and cry and tell you what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You can't want people from the church that need to go to the church to get healed. Mm-hmm. You can't run the people from the church that need to know what God is all about because if God is doing all this amazing stuff in your life, how can I get some of it? How can I get You just have to. This is my question to everybody that holds a position in the church. How would you feel if you see people walk through that door and knowing that these people are lost and needing their soul saved and they know they're trying to reach God. Mm-hmm. Are you going to open that door and give your hand of fellowship? Or are you going to turn your face to them and have like a little smirk because look who's walking in the church. See, people, they pick up on that. They know when you're true and when you're not. I don't care how you sugarcoat it. We are here to help one another, not tear one another down. There's enough of that out there in the world. But this is a safe haven. When you come into God's house, this is a safe haven. You're supposed to help them to get together. I will pray with you. I will cry with you. I will love on you. Because that's what my God is telling me we need to do. We need to draw me, not push them out. Draw me. Because when you open in that door and you open in your heart, 
and in, that intimate place with God, they will feel that. They will know there's a true calling on your life. They're just not walking in here to say, oh, well, yeah, such and such told me to go here, but am I going to be welcome here? Hmm. Am I going to be spiritually fed here? Is there going to be growth in my elevation to my Savior? Those are the questions. How are you treating these people when they come in and they're looking to be healed? It's something to think about. Because I know for me, I've been to different churches, I've been different religions and all of that stuff. But when you go to a place, and you find peace, because you can tell when you walk in, you can feel it. But when you walk in Church of Promise Global Ministry, I'm just going to put it out there. When you walk into that church, you feel the love. You feel the pastor, the apostle, is genuine. She cares. Because she loves on her, the people, the members of the church. She loves on the community. She helps. She goes abroad and she's known. And people say, well, why not? You tell me, why not? I thank God for her. Because she has opened my eyes to a million things that I didn't understand. And it's not brainwashing. You seek, you find, and you knock. Yeah. When you seek, you find, and you knock, what do they say? The doors will be open to you. Okay, hello. Y'all all need to be running and knocking at their door to seek and find and knock. Give it to them. Release it. And walk away from it. Don't go back and pick it up. Hmm. Don't go back and pick it up. Say that again. This segment right here, I'm going to be honest with you. When he first told me about this segment, in the deep, God gave me a word about in the deep. That it was going to be broadcast to nations and nations and nations. And matter of fact, I read it to him the other day. Because people around the world need to know what God is doing here at Church of Promise Global Ministry. How it's impacting people's lives. Because we know of God. We love on God. We get out there and we have helping hands and we're willing to do the work. Not just sit back and talk about it. We get out there and we be about it. So if you want to love on God and know what he's all about. I don't have my Bible in front of me, but this tablet is just as good. Because for everything that he has done in my life, I've documented. From the, from the tears I cried, mm. from the struggles of why did this happen to me, to not understanding my vision as a child, he has given all of that to me. And he's given it to me with clarity. 
So get it, receive it, believe it, walk it, talk it, and live it. And see just how happy your life will be with the changes in the, from the platform that he has put you on. Mm. In the deep will take you to the deep. Come on. And I'm, I'm done with that. Amen. Um, so what, what God gave me was that worship starts with relationship. We have a discipline in worship and we have the stewards of worship. And when, 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 when we're disciplined and we're stewards of worship, he did a great example of it. We'll be confident in what he has for us. See, when God first told me I was to be a minister, I was six, I really wasn't sure. And then I grew up and I experienced life. And uh, he told me again, and I'm like, I remember him saying it when I was younger, but now because of what I've been through, I don't think that's what you want, God, right? I was telling God that's not what, that's not what it should happen. It shouldn't be that way because of what I've gone through. But because of the relationship with him, because of my discipline in worship, because of my stewardship of worship, I am more confident now than I was back then in my speech. I'm more confident in, in what I do. And Pastor Mary jokes about it all the time. When um, she first knew me, I really wasn't much of a talker. And when God would tell her that I have something to say, and she would ask me, and I would say no, and then I would say, yeah, I do. But now, <laughs> there were times I would tell her I have something, or now God would tell her I have something, and I would go ahead and do it. Because of that, because of that, my confidence is growing. Because of my worship with God. You see, I'm not confident because of because I'm secure, my financial security. I'm not confident because of my relationship with my family. It's because of God, my worship in God. You see, I don't mind looking crazy now because of God. I know if God said it, it's gonna happen. If God said it, it's gonna be for my good. If God said it, it's gonna be all right. If God said it is yes, I don't mind looking crazy anymore. So that is our segment. That is about worship. Don't worry, we're gonna talk about worship more in more on other episodes. We're gonna have more guests express worship. But I just want to thank everyone for watching. I want to thank our guest, Sister Gail Coward, for expressing what God has on her heart about worship. And I just want to say this. She, she harped on it a little bit. Many people don't worship God because of the hurt that they endure. You see, the thing about it is, I understand that, that you've been hurt by people. I understand that it, it, it's kind of hard to, to get into a place with God because you're hurt. 
by people. I understand. I understand because I was that way. But I just want to let you know if you just just get in a relationship with God first. Don't don't even don't even worry about the don't even worry about the discipleship yet. Don't worry about stewardship yet. Just get in relationship with God. Just just say, God, I I, I want to be saved. I, I want to be saved from sin so I can be able to talk with you. Like he, he's been talking with you. I want to have that relationship with you. I want you as my savior. I want to have a relationship with you that I know that you're with me even in my dark times. All you have to do is have that relationship with him. Don't, don't worry about what the devil says. The, the devil's going to say he's not listening to you. The devil's going to say he's not paying attention to you. The devil's going to say you're worthless. You don't need, you're, you're, you're worthless to worship God. But the, I want to let you know this tonight. Jesus died for you. You see, he, I want to go to the scripture. I, it, I know the scripture, but I want to read it to let you know that what it says. John 3.16, the New Living Translation. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, God loves you so much that he gave his only son. Jesus loves you so much that he died on the cross. He don't even know you. Yeah. You, you see, God is omnipresent, God is omniscient. He's all the, he knows all things, he is all things, right? He knows everything that's going on, he knows everything that's gonna happen, but he still loves you enough to send his only son to die. So no matter what's going on, no matter what you did, you're not worthless enough to worship. You can worship God despite what's going on, despite what you did. You can be saved despite it all. Jesus Christ paid it all anyway. All you have to do is believe. Have that relationship with God. And here's the thing. The pain and the hurt won't leave right away. Once you get, once you get intimate with God, once you get to know who he truly is in your life, that pain would, would, would go away. That, that, that hurt would go away. <laughs> and and we, we, we've been talking about it on Bible, in Bible study lately. When you have a relationship with God and, and you get intimate with God, the pain, the hurt will go away to where there was no residue left in you. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's, that, that's what God wanted me to say. You're not worthless. God paid it. God paid the price for sin for you. 
to have a relationship with him. So don't let the world tell you you're worthless. Don't let the enemy tell you you're nothing. God said, I love you enough to, so you can worship me. So I want to thank you for tuning in, watching Into the Deep. And I want to just let you know God loves you. I love you. And I just want to say, let's go and worship God. Let's go and be. Let's go and grow in our relationship with God. Let's go and be disciplined in our relationship with God. And let's go and be stewards of worship. Amen. I want to thank you. And I'm going to close this out in prayer. Father God, I just thank you, Father God, for each and every individual watching this show tonight, Father God. I want to thank, Father God, everyone who's a part of Into the Deep, Father God, whether live or, or stream, Father God. Father God, I just want to thank you, Father God, for just giving us an opportunity to worship you, Father God. Father God, I just want to thank you, Father God, for just giving us an opportunity of just getting to know you more, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for a worship moment, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for the, the intimacy that we have with you, Father God. Father God, I pray, Father God, that worship just don't be an hour and a half, Father God, but worship be a lifestyle in your believer's lives, Father God. Father God, I pray, Father God, that worship becomes a lifestyle to each and every individual watching this show, Lord. Father God, I pray, Father God, that there be no backlash or retaliation, Father God, to those who are receiving you for the first time today, Father God. I, Father God, rejoice with them tonight, Lord. I say hallelujah, and I thank you that they are coming into the knowledge of you, Lord. I thank you in your son Jesus' name. I pray, Father God, that as we leave this show, Father God, that we continue to know you, Father God, that we continue to get to know you, Father God. In your son Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I just want to thank you again and thank you for watching.